What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. My name's Tracy. Leslie will be joining us in just a minute. I'm so glad that you have decided to hang out with us either live or for some reason you were drawn to the recording of the show. And um, it's always very cool when we are taking positive steps to say yes to spirit, to remind ourselves that participating with Spirit is the best way to have the best life. And that's why Leslie and I did this show, Say Yes to Spirit, partially to remind you to say yes to spirit and to evaluate. And remind me. (laughs) Yeah, and partially to remind each of us. Um, (laughs) Probably on the selfish side, um, I think I continue to do the show after four years more for myself as a spiritual practice, Um, and I'm just delighted when we look at the statistics and it says 1,200 people listened to the show last week or 900 people listened to the show, you know, the week before. It's like that's icing on the cake. (laughs) And I think it's just you and me, Tracy. In my mind, it's just you and me doing it like a little spiritual practice. I like that you said that. It really is what it is to me. It's become very much a spiritual practice. And because of that, um, for you, the listener, we've had people say to us, it just seems like we're eavesdropping on a private conversation. And and sometimes, and most of the time, that's exactly what it is, just the two of us talking about whatever our theme is for the week and uh, letting other people listen in and think about how the same topic affects them. And so every week we do have a theme, and uh, partially that is to help us explore and stay focused as we explore this topic of what does it mean to say yes to spirit. And sometimes the topics are obviously spiritual or religious, and many times they are not. But right now we're in the middle of a series about different spiritual practices, So it's not surprising at all that there would be um, a theme or a link that would be easy for us to connect to the show title, Say Yes to Spirit. And our theme this week is Affirmative Prayer. Um, But before we get into our theme for the week, we always connect the dots. So when you hear the Connect the Dots theme music, you know that it's time for Leslie to connect the dots between our most recent theme and our theme today. Our I most recent theme was theme. visioning. 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 Don't you think that's on my theme music? Don't you think of that as my theme music? Can you hear that theme music? Because I always like that connect the dots is the most important piece in my mind of remembering connecting the dots to everything of saying yes to spirit is the way I connect the dots to everything and I'm I learned a lot in our visioning conversation I learned that uh, that I didn't know anything about visioning and I learned that really what I was thinking a lot of affirmative prayer when I was thinking about visioning affirming and you know I think as I'm talking about affirming I'm going to listen to Tracy and learn about affirming prayer what it really is but in my mind it's it's like taking action, my part in the action of the process of the creative process of creating, affirming what I believe, what I want, what I need, what I see myself as affirming. See, see now, 
Tracy, help me. What's affirming prayer? Give me a definition of affirming prayer before I connect the dots. Can you? Affirmative <laughs> no prayer. Affirmative prayer. When you when you hear, when you say affirmative prayer, give me your quick definition of that before I connect the dots. <laughs> do you have a Do you have a quick definition of that? Not really. I have. That's why we're talking <laughs> about it for fifty five minutes. There are different forms. Go ahead. When I think of affirming prayer, I think of it, you know, as that co-creation process. And I think that's what I thought visioning was. So I had it kind of confused. And I am, you know, seeing visioning now in a different way. And, you know, that's going to be my connect the dots that, you know, I'm open to through conversation. I get different sort of understanding of things. And I had a conversation this morning with someone who was talking about or kind of debating about the idea of do we need other people in our lives to have their thoughts, their ideas to either affirm mine or to challenge mine or to deepen mine. And the conversation with other people allow me to deepen my thinking. And affirmative prayer envisioning the connect the dots to me would be that I get excited about hearing your thoughts, which, you know, is really interesting to me, Tracy, except for me to say I get excited about hearing your thoughts. But I do, Tracy Brown. I get very interested in hearing your thoughts. And I learn every time from these conversations, it helps me formulize my individual thoughts. I think for years I would look at your thoughts or your feelings and then I would try to say, oh, you're right, and I would take them on. And I would go to workshops and I would do things and I would look for an expert to tell me how I thought, but really for me in these conversations, they, they, they encourage me to have individual thinking and then to affirm that I'm allowed to have that. That's kind of psychology for me, but that I'm allowed to have a different thought than you, but by talking to you, I'm deepening standing of my thinking. That was kind of convoluted, but I'm, gonna, I'm okay with that. Okay, so that's connected us for this week, and uh, we're going to take a break, and we will be right back with more of Say Yes to Spirit. listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie, and uh, we're really glad you joined us today. Our theme is Affirmative Prayer, and it is part of a series we're doing on spiritual practices, because so often we say how important it is to say yes to spirit, but the way we say yes to spirit is not just in the words we use, but in how we um, how we engage spiritual principle and spiritual practice in our life. So, um, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Leslie, 
So I'm still waiting for that. Uh, is there some sort of some sort of definition that you want to say to, to jumpstart it into affirmative prayer? When you say affirmative prayer, I'm thinking science of mind treatment, and we can talk about what that exactly is. But it's but there's what is your I'm wanting you to tell me your definition, Tracy. I'm just needing that. What is that about? What is Tracy I Brown's definition of affirmative prayer? <laughs> Do you have um, a definition, Tracy? So there are a lot of groups and organizations and faith groups that that talk about many different forms of prayer. So if you for affirmative prayer is prayer that affirms spiritual truth or spiritual principle as already occurring as compared to a prayer a type of prayer that's often called beseeching prayer where you're begging or asking for an external God, a God, you know, that is is removed from you to have favor on you, and you know, if if and and granting some wish, <clears throat> affirmative prayer is much more the comes from the place of. I know this is already done in divine mind, and so I am accepting it and affirming it and calling it forth into physical manifestation. Um, so it's just one one form of prayer. And yes, <clears throat> in science of mind, we have one one of the forms of affirmative prayer that we use and teach is a spiritual mind treatment that has a specific process. But if you talk to someone who was engaged in unity churches and unity principles, they would say they have, um, they would describe affirmative prayer in much the same way, even though they use a slightly different process or series of steps. I'm trying to think, you know, growing up as a Methodist, I don't know that we really use that term affirmative prayer. Um, so I didn't never hear of affirmative, affirmative prayer until I got into the science of mind philosophy. Mm-hmm. And I think, of, and you just said, you know, affirming what is already in action. I guess I was thinking affirming, affirming prayer is me, is my part of the creation process. Is kind of me. I know in the past you've kind of. Um, talked about this difference in some times that I think I just have to kind of let go and let God and kind of get on God's ride of what God wants in my life. And you'll talk about, well, you know, set a course or have an idea. And the affirming process seems to me me taking the time to decide what direction I want to go to and affirming that then gives God the direction. And that's kind of my piece my participation. Right. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. And when we did, when we talked about visioning, visioning and meditation are receptive practices. We are receptive to the um, insight of God, of spirit, the wisdom of spirit, the direction of spirit. And we sit or we are open to getting, receiving what we need to receive in information or insight or encouragement or direction. But prayer is a directive spiritual practice where you are directing the flow of the universe. You are, as you said, participating in the creative process by claiming or declaring that which you know is already done in divine mind and you are claiming that this is what is your desire, this is what is yours, your choice, 
so that the universe can be in alignment with the choices you are making and the qualities and characteristics you want to experience in your life. So all prayer is directive, which is different from visioning and meditation. And then affirmative prayer is directing the flow of the universe in in a way that affirms the experience you want to have or the qualities and characteristics you want to manifest. Um, I keep thinking about this process. Um, for people that listen a lot, they know that I do a lot of work in the Dallas County Jail. And one of the things we do with the women that are in this, they call them pods, where the women live. There's 64 women in a pod. And on Mondays and Fridays, we have the women set their intention for the following group of days. On Mondays, they set the intention for that week. On Fridays, they set their intention for the weekend. And the intention, we say, is a big thing. Like, I want to be more spiritual. I want to be a better friend. I want to uh, learn about how to be kind. And then we have them come up with three very specific action steps. And it's fascinating to watch their their inclination is to say, I want to work a better program, and then they'll think, okay, I'm going to stay sober, I'm going to get a job, and they'll come up with these things that really they can't do in jail. They can't do while they're sitting in stripes in the county jail. And so we say the action steps have to be things that they can do every day. So let's say I want to work a better program. Well, what does that mean today? Well, I get up 10 minutes early and I have a meditation or I, every time the new guard comes in, because the guards come in eight-hour shifts, um, interestingly enough, there's no clocks in jail. It's kind of like Las Vegas. There's no clocks, so they don't really have a concept of time. And uh, so when the guards come in, they could set an intention. Every time the guard shift changed, they could have a 10-minute silent um, time of visioning, or and then they could interview three people on kind of who is your higher power, how do you work your program through your higher power, but three very specific steps that I can do today. And I think my mind a lot of times, you know, I want that big thing. I want to be sober. I want the job. I want the great, you know, all of the the end result. But I don't see how my participation in my day, what I choose to do with the 20 hours or 18 hours that I'm awake, you know, that's what creates the thing. The thing isn't, I can't create the thing. That's a kind of a God thing, to, to the creation of the thing. My participation is my daily action. My little tiny piece of the big picture is all I have control over, is my little tiny pieces. And to try to help the women get into that thinking that, you know, I can't go get maybe a job today, but I can, you know, lay out the groundwork of how I'm going to do that. It's kind of like a stair step. You know, I want to be at the top of the stairs, but many times my thinking, I forget there's, you know, a hundred steps between where I am and the top of the stair. Right. So how do I set that as my understanding that I, you know, what do I have control over? Only this little tiny piece of my day today. So I would just, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, well, I think I have control over two things. So I have control over setting the end game, the direction, where I'm going, what I want, and then I have control over what I do right now today. But everything in between, I don't have to micromanage. But I do have to, I can't just, I can't only focus on what I do today and the steps now because if there's not some clear goal or vision about where I'm going, I'm not going to see any progress because I'm just going to keep creating the current default. So it goes back to, and, and that's been coming up a lot lately in our in our conversations, 
you know, about the remembering that that we're the ones who set the the goal, the intention, the you know, the the what needs to happen. And when we don't set that and clearly set it and you know, with clarity and conviction, then God or spirit or the universe is simply generating more of what we seem to be comfortable with because we're not saying we want something different. So if I don't, if I say that a different way, so if I don't, if I don't define clearly in my mind that default pattern, you know, I keep getting what I have gotten. Exactly. Talk about, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, and it's almost like I have to spend time figuring out exactly what I, I guess, what I want, what I, see, I keep coming back to this, Tracy, it's like, because I do think that when I'm using just my human mind, I only know my human choices. So how do I kind of sometimes get out of that human mind and, and let go into a bigger, better concept of what God might have for me that I might not be able to even conceptualize? It's an interesting ponder because I don't, I don't, I only know what I know. But when I get out of what I know and get into what God within me knows, it opens up a bunch of different doors. So I'm wondering if kind of the visioning process might open me up to a higher idea that I could then take affirmative prayer action on. Well, I think it's a both and. So, yes, I mean, when we talked about visioning, we talked about, you know, the very first question is, what is spirit's highest vision for me or what is spirit's highest vision for you know this community or this but let's focus on individuals so if i'm going to do a series of visioning sessions then i'm you know my first question in the process is what is spirit's highest vision for tracy in 2014 or for Tracy in the next three, you know, during the next three years. What's spiritized vision? And yes, in meditation and in the process, I may get some ideas that don't make any sense at all to me, but if I vision a few times and see a pattern, it's like, okay, I don't really know what it means, but it does. It opens you up. It expands, you know, it would expand my my vision. But but even without that, in doing an affirmative prayer, you know, we, or when I'm doing a spiritual mind treatment as a form of an affirmative prayer, then what I know is absolutely true is that it's important for me to ground that in spiritual practice. So our spiritual principle. So so I don't have to know what it's going to look like. That's where it requires us once again to get out of the human brain and go, I'm not doing a prayer necessarily for a specific thing. I could. But in that sense, when I'm feeling locked into my human brain, it becomes what qualities of God do I want to bring forth in my life? So I've been, as an example, if I have been realizing that I'm really stressed a lot and I really want to have a life that's much more peaceful, I don't know what I have to do to make that happen. Or maybe I do. Maybe I'm really stressed about money or maybe I'm really stressed because the primary relationships I'm in with my family or partner or spouse are really stressful. So I might know that, but what I'm, what I'm wanting is to experience a life of peace. What I'm wanting is to experience a life uh, with joy. So I don't have to say I want 
Dear God, please fix my spouse. <laughs> they need to an Alan on meeting if you say that. Yeah. Right. You say, all right, dear God, give me $250 a day for the next year so I can release some of the financial pressure. That's where the humanness is getting out of the way because it's getting in the way because for me to think, oh, the, my issues will be solved if you fix my spouse. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking any responsibility. Plus, you know, it may or may not be my spouse. But if I say in prayer that what my prayer is for is to experience a life that is full of peace, and joy or peace and love, then the universe has 10,000 million different ways to make that happen. So, see now, see, now that's an interesting thing because I've heard us, like you said in the last couple of weeks, kind of gone back and forth on this. If I, if I make the prayer too specific, I might be limiting my... Well, you're limiting God because God is going to say yes. And there are times to be specific. So in the last example, in the last few weeks, maybe the last six weeks or so, I am getting clearer that I want to have a new car, a different car than I have now by the end of this year. So that's still a few, you know, that's still quite a few months away, but I feel myself, you know, noticing cars and start looking for the kinds of cars I like. Oh, I'd like to have one of those. Oh, I would not. I don't see me driving one of those and noticing. And so it's coming, you know, down to a small group and actually probably it's feeling like there's a one particular model of car that I'm really, that's what I want. What is it? <laughs> and I, you speak it into existence. And, um, and so... <laughs> She's not going to. I, when I become really clear that that is what I want, mm-hmm. then it makes sense for me to shift my prayers from simply the qualities or characteristics of a car that is safe, that I enjoy driving, you know, some qualities. If I'm really clear that's the car I want, then I can be specific about that. And I can do a prayer that is, you know, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't have the money. I don't. It doesn't appear that I have the money. I don't have the money in this very moment to go and buy this car. So my prayers become, you know, a car like this or something better, and I can be really, really specific. Um, but in general, probably a lot of the time we're not specific enough, and then, you know, other times we're so specific we're not allowing for for God to have any way to influence what happens. See, that's, I think, the part where I get tripped up on in terms of limiting my, um, what comes to me, because I'm so specific. Exactly. And then (laughs) having some sort of idea of the direction that I want to go in and taking sort of responsibility for that. You know, I used to have an Al-Anon sponsor they would talk about, you know, um, letting go and letting God. It's a big 12-step idea. Um, getting out of my own way. Yep. You know, allowing God to, to take the reins, so to speak. That's a good Christian song. Take the wheel. God, take the wheel. She would say, but you still have to get up and shower, Leslie. Because, you know, I mean, there's still, there's still an accountability or there's still a part of the process that I have to Absolutely. take. And where... I think it is still a ponder for me. Where where is that line? You know, what is mine to do? What is God's to do? What is mine to get out of the way of? And I think over the course of my life, I've seen the biggest kind of shifts in, when I've gotten out of the way. 
And so I keep coming back to this idea of my best thinking got me here. You know, and the women always say that to the women. The women sometimes in the jail will talk about, you know, I, I know what I need, I, you know, I know what to do. And, you know, sort of half-jokingly and half-sincerely, I'll say, well, you know, that got you in jail, right? I mean, you, you didn't wake up and think, I'm going to go to jail. You got up thinking, I, I know what I want, I know what I need. And you took action in that, you know, you allowed your mind to take the action of the day, and whatever those action were, actions were got you in jail. So how do you accept that my best thinking has gotten me to a place where I'm feeling stressed all the time? Or is it my best thinking has gotten me into a job or a relationship or a life or a you know, situation that is not good for me? So where is that balance between getting out of my best thinking and taking responsibility for what's next? Well, I believe in a God that is that is always expanding and growing and is always moving toward greatest and highest good. So if you were to say that to me because of whatever was going on in my life, I would probably say you're absolutely right. My best thinking got me here. And that means I've gone to the end of what used to be my best thinking, and now I'm going to choose to be in spiritual principle to define where I want to go next. Because I still have to define where I want to go next. But I'm not looking at where I want to go next as the one step in front of me. If if I'm going to use the power and the presence of God, I've got to define out here what spiritual principle what spiritual attributes are the medicine for whatever the pain is and then allow God to bring things that bring that those spiritual attributes to life. Now we, and we're going to have to go through the steps of treatment because I'm getting ready to say, because I know you know treatment. So in a spiritual mind treatment, when we are defining the purpose of the treatment, we look at what the condition is that we want to change. Right. And then we ask the question, what is the spiritual, what spiritual principle or what spiritual qualities are the antidote to that or the, would heal that? If you brought, if someone is experiencing um, uh, significant, and I'll use the same example for continuity, significant stress and anxiety as a result of money or as a result of a relationship or for any other reason, their anxiety is what they don't want anymore. Right. The spiritual quality that they want is they want to have a life that is peaceful, that has that's grounded in peace, even though no matter what else is going on, that they experience peace in their life. And peace doesn't mean there's no drama or no danger. or no. It means that whatever's going on, I can take a breath and do what I have to do to get through it without being a crazy person. So in the treatment, in the realization step, Everything I talk about is not about the negative, about making that go away. I'm calling forth the peace of God, the peace that passes all understanding. That's already there. That is, is always present because God is everywhere present at all times. I'm just out of alignment with that. So my prayer is affirming the peace that is available to me, that I'm gonna, that I am standing in that, that I am living that, that I am experiencing that, and as I do that, I can't focus forward and backward at the same time. So if I'm truly focusing on peace, the anxiety has to go away because I am focused on doing things that 
bring peace, seeing the opportunities to be peaceful. And I am focusing my prayer on the God quality of peace because there is no anxiety in God. There is no stress in God. So if, I, if I'm focused there, I'm looking away from God. And, and so if I focus on peace and I am claiming that and I'm choosing that, the universe is going to fill in all the details. I don't know how that's going to, the relationship's going to resolve, or I don't know how the financial stress is going to resolve itself. But I'm standing in that place of I want to have a life of peace. So anything that's not in alignment with that has to fall, begin to fall away. So, so there's five. So talk about treatment. Be, be smart for us. So there's five steps, right? treatment? Yes. And what is step number one? Yeah, see, you know, it's been so long since I've done an official treatment. But I do, so so science of mind, I'll, I'll say what I remember about treatment, and you can fill in the gaps for me. But I think the most interesting thing that I like about treatment is what you just said, is that I look at my issue, whatever's going on, and I try to define what's, what do I, what's the opposite of what's happening? You know, what, what's the end result that I want? And that that's what I set my treatment as. Yes. So, honestly, I can't remember the five steps. It's been so long since I've done an official treatment. I feel like I'm in confession or something now. Like I'm going to the priest. Yes, I'm going I to, find it so I'm going to the practitioner saying I don't remember the five steps. That concerns there's me There's a realization greatly. step. There's a thanksgiving there's step. There's that a, concerns there's me greatly. <laughs> You falling out of the hole in such high esteem. Uh-huh. <laughs> that I can't think of the five steps. So the acronym that I use mm-hmm. to remember the five steps is um, Are You Ready to Receive? It's, that's not really the acronym. That's the phrase. Are you ready, ready to, to receive? receive? So A is R R. Is an R. Oh, R is an R. <laughs> I was like R is A R E. R, the letters, R-U-R-T-R, is the acronym, but U. Oh, U. Okay, go ahead. So what's the R is the realization? The first step is the... No, that's not the first step. Yes, I know you know better. (laughs) Sometimes I I worry about you, and sometimes I just shake my head, because I know you know more than you pretend to know for our listeners. So R is Somebody realization. Somebody has to play the stupid one. Okay, R, realization. And that is that step is all about realizing the eternality, the continuity, the omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence of God. That there is only one God, and um, that step, the first step is, did I did I say realization? You did. So okay. that's what I thought. So yeah. why didn't you correct? Yeah, me? no, I, you know, because I'm really not that sure. <laughs> this, I'm not just playing stupid this time. Is recognition. Recognition. Recognizing yes. the omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence of God. Recognizing that all there is is God, and that God is um, all there is, and using specific qualities of God in the recognition step because you're laying the foundation for what everything that comes afterwards. Okay, back up, because I'm really trying to look. So tell me the five steps all in all first. Recognition. Recognition. Unification. Unification. Realization. Realization. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And release. And release. Okay, so recognition, unification, realization, Thanksgiving and release. So recognition. See now, this is this is. I do like treatment. I think the reason I pull away from things is I I don't like to get into ideas of anything. Even the even my own philosophy, I don't like to think that I think that's it. You know, I like to. Not the only. Not the only way, but tool and resource. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what I like about that is the recognition phase. If it's done correctly in my mind, if I really get into the recognition phase then the others kind of drop away, in a way. 
Because if I fully recognize whose spirit is, and I fully, and my belief is that that seed is within me, which is unification, which is unification. But if I, in a strange way, that recognition phase to me, when I would do treatments, I would feel the shift there. Because I so firmly believe that this spirit is within me, this little seed, this little ocean drop, so that when I fully did the recognition stage of who God is, that would awaken me. Yes. There is um, pretty common... Are you about to call me common? No. <laughs> Not at all. There is a pretty common belief that if that it is possible to do steps one and two and be done because of what you just said. When I do as a thorough and meaningful to me recognition step and then say, if that's true for God, it's true for me because Mm -hmm. God is breathing me. God is, as you said, the seed within me. God is the nature of God is my natural state, is my nature. Mm-hmm. It is possible mm-hmm. that the shift can be so complete that you don't, from a human perspective, feel the need to do steps three, four, and five. Um, or to spend as much time. So there are a lot of people who will spend a long time in their step one to get to a point like you described so that step two is just like, oh, okay, then, yeah, so I know this is done. And really what it what happens is all the other stuff either isn't said or it's just implied or understood and or it's just like, oh, yeah, of course this is true. And I'm so grateful for knowing it, and so it is. You know, I'm in, ashe, done. Um, there are some people for whom their energy builds, you know, the sequence is by design and in the realization step, you know, because our thing about spiritual mind treatment as a form of affirmative prayer is that the prayer can be as short or as long as it needs to be for you to feel a shift in consciousness. So the recognition phase of a step of looking at the qualities of God that are going to meet or um, fix or awaken the issue at my hand. So my anxiety. Oh, I love anxiety. You know, that's my, ooh, did I just affirm that? But that's my favorite, you know, default pattern is anxiety. Uh I'm fascinated. I've been around my mother a bit this week because my sister's in town, and I'm really clear watching Sweet Betty, who's turning 90 in a couple of months, but I'm really clear of watching what it was like being raised by her because she'll be looking for her keys, and she immediately jumps to, I've lost my keys. I'll never find my keys. They're gone forever. I'll never be able to drive again. I mean, you know, it's that dramatic. And so as a child watching the, you know, the God in my life, my parent, right, jump to this little tiny thing has happened and it's creating this huge, horrible outcome. It's really, it's amazing I can get up and shower in the morning. But anyway, so watching her jump to that, that would be so anxiety producing for a little kid, right? Because I wouldn't know that we won't ever find the keys. You know, I would just... Assume what she says is correct. We're never going to find the keys. We're never going to leave the house. It's going to be over. You know, and that anxiety that that would produce is so real for this little tiny five-year-old that, you know, that's a huge, that's played out in my life in so many ways. Anxiety has taken hold. You know, that's a very deep root within me. And so that is something that I always tried to do treatments on back in the day when I did treatments. Um, so... The anxiety is what I'm trying to fix. So I'm trying to go back. So I'm trying to reclaim or recognize the peace 
that is the quality of God. So when I fully talk about that, are you going to do a treatment for us at some point? Would you Would you be willing to do that live and on you know on cue? Because you actually do have that gift. Do I make that sound like you don't have other gifts? <laughs> like like that actually no, make it that same. actually is a gift you have you versus the other like like <laughs> other people who can't. Everybody can do. Oh well, true. But you, yeah, you do have a. You, everybody can do it. Yes, of course. But you get into a zen-like flow of it. But um, when I really get into that recognition of and make statements about who God is through peace, you know, the the just the obvious awareness that God is peace, God is love, God is calm. There's nothing that. God can't do. There's no problem too big for God to fix. There's nothing, you know, there's no There's no keys God can't find. Um, when I truly get into the recognition of that and then the unification stage of knowing that that's me, then it all just, like you're saying, the, the, uh, the realization actually happens in the unification stage, the awareness. So I'm realizing that truth. And then when I get in that stage of um, recognizing and unification with who I am, that Thanksgiving is just a natural outpouring of that. And as I'm talking, I'm realizing, you know, another thing in 12 Steps that's huge is make an uh, <coughs> attitude of gratitude, make gratitude lists. And as I'm thinking about this now, isn't that sly and slick? Because when I'm in an attitude of gratitude, when I'm making my gratitude list, what is that doing? That's connecting me to the truth of who I am. That's creating. Because when I realize that I am God expressing, that feeds a natural awe, you know, and that sense of gratitude just comes from that. So it makes sense you can get in the back door through making that list of things I'm grateful for and having an attitude of gratitude is kind of a back door to recognizing the truth of who I am. It gets me in alignment if I'm in that state of gratitude, if I stay in that state of gratitude, I, I, I am in a state of God. And then releasing that final stage, just releasing, just letting go of my little mind, you know, that's almost just automatic, right? Because there's no, there's nothing else going on except for my recognition of the truth of who I am. So really, the release is happening I think we should start a whole new thing. We just do the first two and re- rename them and we start a website and we could, you know, have our own little cult. That's what I'm thinking. Why don't you try that? <laughs> and we could ask for, like, online donations. And then you could get your car. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Isn't that, isn't that why people join, start cults or start you are philosophy? Sick. You are just sick. Except for Ernest Holmes and Jesus. They really didn't want a, a philosophy or a religion. They had pure intentions. I really want the adoration and the money. But um, so with that in mind, but I do think it was those first two. I do think there's a lot to be said for that. I I totally understand that, and I'm someone who um, I've done treatments where I've been there at that point, um, but I actually... More often than not, need the third step. Um, you know, need is a kind of strange word. I don't use it very much, so it's not quite what I mean. Um, I the realization get that. to right. I get to a much deeper. So I may feel a sense of a shift in steps one and two because the recognition step is very powerful and the unification step is as well and there's something that takes it even deeper for me with the third step of realization and in the in the way that Ernest Holmes talks about these steps in the realization step you could use an argumentative process or where you're really engaging your human brain in the kind of the argument or the debate of, you know, I'm of here is what I am realizing but when I stand in these principles 
and you can do some, you know, release release and letting go of, you know, God's not doesn't have anything that needs to be released. So when we're doing that in step three, we're really engaging the human part of the co-creation process because, again, treatment is, is um, I'm directing. It's a directive process. So I'm in, in the realization step, I am engaging that human part of my brain that wants to go back to the default by saying, for example, there, there is no struggle in God. So there can be no struggle in me. I mean, that's very much a realization step because in the in the recognition step, I can't. I'm not saying what God is not. I'm saying what God is. So you're saying the in the realization step by having that sort of debate, allowing the debate to occur, you take it deeper because you. Oh, and but you're managing it because it's always it's not a debate of I think this is right. It's very clear that I know what spiritual qualities are, but I will entertain or engage those hesitations, doubts, or false beliefs that are in my human experience and correct them. So I don't engage them as a game so much as I engage them as a um, as a holding the mirror up and saying you're not allowed to go back there anymore because there is no struggle in God. So in my my old habits of believing in struggle and worrying stop now because what I know is true is that there is divine order or there is peace or there is joy. And so um, and so knowing that and knowing that is me and that that is within me, then these ten things are true. And that's what the realization step does. And, um, and if that's happening up in step one, then that's not really step one. That's the human experience of God. That's not describing God. Oh, I got you. So I'm collapsing a little bit <clears throat> by doing. So now you're gearing up for uh, treatment. Can you do treatment in five minutes? No. You can't do a treatment in five minutes? No. Wow. You can't? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> oh, you're not. That's a whole different thing. Uh, <laughs> I can't do anything. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, I, I thought you were going to do a treatment for me and anxiety. Oh, no. If I'm going to do a treatment for you, <laughs> oh, about minutes. you and anxiety, yeah. that's a 30-minute oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you, Tracy. But you said an interesting thing, I think, and I think you should consider trying to do a five-minute treatment. Just a little something, because it, it, it helps to hear the flow of it, and you can do it. So I'm going to talk for 30 seconds, and then you can... Zen into that. But you said something so interesting, and I was talking this morning to uh, someone about this idea that I'm actually kind of training my human and that my human is this sort of um, uh, third party, that I'm here, God and I, the God within and the God without, are kind of training this human experience. And, And I think that the treatment is a way to... Um, awaken me and hold me accountable. And, and the human sort of, and I said this morning it was a terrible thing I, as soon as I said it, but it's kind of like I'm training a dog. I'm the dog. My human is the dog. And I have to be really loving because I have to understand, you know, this dog is a dog. It doesn't it's understand. Doing the best it doing can the best it based can, on what it knows. Right, right. So my little human's over here just falling and tripping up and having all these human experiences. And as God within, I'm training, I'm loving, I'm um, understanding the dog's experience, and I'm knowing that I can help the dog. So it's this human, I can help my human. So well, that's my actually, 30 seconds. I love that because, um, I, because I think most people, most of the time, treat their dog for their cat or their two-year-old better than they treat themselves because they do have this idea in mind that I'm here to guide Mm -hmm. and to help shape and to help direct and to 
teach, what needs to be taught and encouraged while this dog learns it's not supposed to go to the bathroom inside my house, right? Uh-huh, right. Or uh, while this two-year-old is learning to define the world around it, and so it says the child says no a lot, and it's like, okay, it, it does irritate me a little bit, but I know that's what two-year-olds do, right. right? And it's part of their learning and growth. But when we look at ourselves and what's going on in, in our lives as adults, a lot of times we are not. We don't bring that same love and encouragement. Right. And it is. We are train, always training ourselves to move into our next best and highest way of being. And it's an interesting ponder when you take that, and I've started using that with, like, clients that I'm working with. And doing, I say, well, that's your human, you know, sort of detaching it. Yeah, and not as sort an of excuse or a bypass, no, but, but as, as a, a loving acceptance. This is what yeah. we have to do. That poor human. Look at them. Oh, my goodness. They did it again. How okay. sad. But you can, you know, you can take control of that. Yes. So in a treatment, yes. using the five steps, yes. Um, as a complete hypothetical, <laughs> if we were doing just as a model, yes, you know, we're going to use um, for the recognition step, a recognition of God, the unification step, a unification between ourselves and God, the realization step, describing that which we uh, know will be realized in our life or evidenced or manifest in our life as those qualities of God um, are running our lives. And thanksgiving is gratitude and release. So if someone uh, came to me and they said uh, they have cancer, they, you know, have a diagnosis of cancer and... You didn't have to pick a simple one. You've got three minutes and you pick cancer. But I'm, I love you, Tracy. You go. Go oh. for the summit. Actually, I was giving you anxiety and you took cancer, but you go. I'm with you. Um, I might start with something like, um, I know that all there is is God and God is always present. And God is the perfect example of health, wellness, and wholeness. The unification step could be as simple as, because I've been made in the spiritual image and likeness of God, I know that this whole health, wholeness, um, health and wellness and wholeness exist in me. Every cell of my body has this health, this wellness, and this wholeness of God as the blueprint. It is already existing in every cell of my body. The, rec- the realization step might be, and so therefore what is true for me is that I am always moving toward my best and the expression of health, wellness, and wholeness in my life. Anything that is outside or not in alignment with that must dissolve and is dissolving now for the, my wholeness is coming forth and I might use three or four examples that come to mind to affirm that. And I release anything, any old stories or false beliefs um, that would encourage me, or I release any old beliefs or, or any old stories or false beliefs that are not in alignment with this truth of who I am. I'm so grateful for knowing that spiritual law is always working. It never takes a vacation, and it is always moving me toward my best and highest good. And in this case, that is a good that reflects as health and wellness and wholeness. And so I simply release this and I let it go, knowing the power and presence of God is operating on my behalf as me, in me, and through me. And so it is. I'm in. Ashay. See? And so it's, you know, it can be one sentence, right? or it can be 20 minutes. It's, de- it's determined by what is your connection and what is the imagery that affirms the truth. Thank you for that. So that's all the time we have the for the shortest prayer. I love it. And um, 
I encourage you, if you're listening or if you're listening to the recording, to go to the website and just see what other topics interest you, and then see what we have coming up soon and join us again for Say Say Yes yes to to Spirit. Spirit.